Before we begin, I'd just like to say thank you to my friends at Hair Saloon for supporting this podcast and for providing space at their corporate offices to record it. Hair Saloon's mission has as much to do with the restoration of men as it does with the business of haircutting. They try to make a difference in the lives of the thousands of men who come through their doors every week. Hair Saloon is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and if you've ever been interested in running your own business and want to work with great people, I would highly recommend you check out the Hair Saloon franchise opportunity. Go to hairsaloonfranchise.com to find out more information. That's hairsaloonfranchise.com. Also, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, and to please take two minutes to give us your review. And if you have a question or a comment you'd like to share with our listeners, go to Suzanne at the SuzanneBankerShow.com. Welcome back to the Suzanne Venker Show and to another great conversation with my partner, Andre Parody, a fellow relationship coach out in LA whose website is projectequinox.net. He also has a podcast called How the Culture Gets It Wrong, which I highly <laughs> recommend. And anybody who follows me knows exactly why I would recommend any podcast that's called How the Culture Gets It Wrong. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, Andre. How are you today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. It's always nice to see your face. I wish everybody else could see you. But before I continue, I wanted to first respond to the people who've told me that mm. they wish I've, I've gotten a lot of uh, comments and emails from people who love the podcast and say that they wish that they could call in in some way because every time they hear something they're like ah ah you know i want to yes. say something and you know you and i both know the feeling we get it <laughs> unfortunately that's not an option this is not a call in show obviously so i just want to tell those people that when they're in the moment and they're having that feeling like ah i want to say this to just pause they can actually pause the podcast right that's the beauty of the podcast and go to their computers and type in suzanne at the suzanne com. And they can email the question or comment right then, and I will almost certainly address it at the next podcast or, or in the coming podcast. So it's so there is a way to get to me, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say, even though it can't be in that moment. And I so know that feeling. So I want to make sure that people understand they do have an option. It just it, It'll be a delayed response to it, but at least they can get it out. So that's, again, Suzanne at the SuzanneBankerShow.com. Okay, Andre, before we, before we get to the, to the subject at hand today... I have to ask you if you saw the secret Super Bowl commercial last night. <laughs> and hold on, I should tell everybody that we Ugh. we tape all these a week in advance. So when you hear this, the Super Bowl will be exactly one week old. So that's why I'm referring to last night. But anyway, did you did you see? Yes, that? yes. You know which yes. one I mean. I know there were a yes. lot of them. So if anybody didn't see it, uh, <sighs> this is the secret. You know, secret uh, antiperspirant for women. It showed doing the final kick and there's all this you know uproar and hoopla and then it, and then she kicks it in the goalposts, and everyone shouts yay 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 and then she takes off her helmet and it's a it's a woman yeah and then they <laughs> they span to the audience to show the shock that it's a woman who did this and then at the very end of this of the ad it says let's kick inequality <laughs> now i have to say first of all first of all i love how they show a kick and not a tackle <laughs> because i because ironically i had seen somebody do 
a um put something on Twitter showing a woman getting tackled by a man and, <laughs> and, and how, what a joke it would be if they ever attempted to show the opposite on this commercial that any woman could actually, I mean, not since any woman, I'm sure some women, some very small percentage of women, women could tackle a man, but obviously they are not equal in any way, shape or form physically. So that would just be hysterical. So the whole thing about at the end saying let's kick inequality you can imagine my response. I'm sure you had the same, but I just can't, I don't understand how people honestly um, think about football or any sport where men are obviously going to um, excel over women as being a matter of inequality and using that to, I mean, I can't, I just can't get my head around people who actually fall for that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Am I crazy? No, I mean, I I find that even offensive and and stupid. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, why would, why would the fact that men can excel in sports, some sports, many sports better than women have anything to do with whether or not you're equal to a, to a woman and the idea that the woman's going to be in any way, um, comp, it makes me crazy. I'm just I, physically, physically I, equal. That's what they're trying to say. Physically that's right. equal. Well, of course, they don't say that. It just says at the end, "Let's kick inequality." And I want to freeze frame that, and I want everyone to stop and think. Stop and think. <laughs> freeze frame that message, and let's talk about this, and let's think about this. Are you serious? Do they honestly believe that the people receiving that message? are going to think, yeah, that's right. Let's go. Women need to be the same. That's the only way that women can be equal to men by doing the exact same thing. I mean, just, it's just, it makes me nuts. I'm sorry. Well, it's just homogenizing the whole thing, right? Equality across all boundaries, across all fields, across all, you know, physically, the idea that that's even thinkable, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What was the, what was the last thing? Like, you know, so if we're going to go there, okay, let's go there all the way. Well, we just go there all the way. So we're going to bring, you know, we're going to eliminate all, you know, male, female uh, categories in the Olympics. So we're going to have just, you know, the sprinting, just men and women together and all the sports where men and women together and we'll watch. So first we'll cut the Olympics in half Mm -hmm. and we'll watch all the men take all the medals. Exactly. Exactly. What the hell is the point? Uh, Like, so if that's where you're going to take it. You know, it, it makes no sense. So everybody has a, a sense knowing that makes no sense. So why is this on TV? Exactly. On like Bowl? like the people are idiots is, who are receiving this message. I moron. mean, as if men would actually tackle women the way they would tackle a man. That's what that's where my head went. I went, and, you think men are actually going to tackle women? Like they're going to take them to the ground? They're They're going to do that. <laughs> and what kind? And what kind of woman wants that anyway? Like, do you really want to get a helmet on and you know, like a jock strap and get on the field and just bang your head against a whole bunch of other women or men or like, like what? No, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> like oh it's stupid. Oh it's stupid. God. This idea of like you know, I've noticed also on television. You know this, right? Every commercial now, every commercial, like one after the other, like. If if there's a ball game going on, the all girl team, mm-hmm. all girl team, right? If there's a cleaning product, it's men. If the people driving, she's driving, he's in the passenger seat. Like everything is purposely upside down on purpose. Not a little yep. bit, all of it. All of it. And, and this 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 ridiculous game of 
that doesn't help anything, that doesn't bring equality, because all of this knows better. But it makes people talk about it, whine about it. Yes, there you go. Like it means more. It means more than it does, and you know, I get especially offended when men or feminists then you go, you know, I love a powerful woman. You know, my wife takes care of everything. I'm like, oh, you lazy piece of crap is what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. So you like to like, you know, you get it to she gets to does everything in the name of you go girl and you get to do nothing but, you know, chill and because that's usually where they are. Like right? these guys who love powerful women mm-hmm. typically don't want to do what takes to women like the rest yeah. of us do type thing. Right. So it's this I don't know. The, the bottom line is that it's doing the exact opposite of what it's wanting to do, which is just causing huge conflict between women and men. It's not going to bring them together to force something that can't be. You're just causing problems. So you put that up there and you say this is empowerment. And I say it's bull because ultimately all it's doing is creating uh, this huge chasm between women and men. It's, 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 it's causing a conflict. It's not bringing them together. It's just insane. Anyway, I just had to get that out of my system before we moved on. <laughs> I mean, there's actually other commercials that we could talk about, which we I'm not going to get into. But, you know, there were a couple of them that were just so feminist driven. It was the one in space, the one in space. Yes, the one in space. And women need space and the more space. Is... <laughs> and I started throwing things at the TV. You did not. Did you? I did. I do throw stories at the TV. I was barking. <laughs> I was trying to be louder than them. Just. I had I had a room full of uh, I had a room full of people. Oh, you did. I did, and so I had like my wife and my son's girlfriend were the women in the room, and the rest were men. And I just lost my I just lost it. I just want to be louder than TV. It's ridiculous. <laughs> How many women want to be in space? No, they get it because they get me like you, yeah. right? They right. just sort of go. They shake their head right. like, yeah, well, we don't need that crap either. We don't. But oh, oh my god. Uh, and then that goes back to, I'm getting off topic still, but that goes back to the parenting. Because ultimately, if you don't have a parent like you or I who are going to send this message, if then the other alternative is to turn it off and not watch it. But if to just watch it and not do anything about it, I mean, it's okay if you're older. I don't care about older adult children. Sure. But young children, um, turn it off. I mean, if you cannot complain that these people are sending this message to your children if you're allowing them to watch it. End of story. You have the Straight possibility up. to turn off. See, for me, I got mad because I mean, I mean, I'm watching this infiltration, this commercial going in millions of homes with, you know, mm-hmm. affecting younger ch- minds and polluting, you know. And, yep. and so I wouldn't let it in my house. That's why I started yelling. Yeah. But I mean, like, I can't, I know, you know, this going, I mean, it's just like a plague. It, it is like a plague, Andre. I'm <sighs> serious. It's cancer. It, it's cancer. Yes, completely, completely. Almost 100% of my coaching clients are struggling with the same dilemma. Their circumstances vary, but the underlying issue is the same. They're moving against the biological tide rather than with it. The woman is attempting to be the hunter and the man the gatherer, and it's not working. In fact, it's a downright mess. Successful single women can't understand why they can't find a man, and couples who've been married 5 to 10 years are concerned they're headed for divorce. The resentment has set in, and the sex and respect are gone. They're right to be worried. During private coaching sessions with me, you will learn how the masculine-feminine dynamic is designed to create peace between the sexes, the vast differences between women and men, things like why your wife nags and what your husband needs, and why your wife or husband blames you for all of your problems. So head on over to SuzanneBanker.com if you want immediate results in your relationship. That's SuzanneBanker.com. Okay, so that's the end of my rant. Let's get to what we're going to talk about today. So we are going to cover four ways to divorce-proof your marriage. 
Ooh. Ooh. Okay. And these, so I, I actually wrote about this sometime last year, and I obviously, you know, let's face it, you could probably come up with 10 things, you know, but I wanted to think of what I felt like was the most significant, um, the most powerful and immediate tools or thought processes for, for this, some things that I've learned and, um, and I know are a big issue for particularly younger, and by the younger I mean you know anyone under forty today struggles struggle with much more so than our than our generation. Okay, number one, take the option to divorce off the table. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it sounds so simple, right? But it's amazing how a thought process will ultimately bring about the desired result. So my argument is that if you pretend that it's not an option, even though obviously it technically is, um, the way you approach your problems, your conflicts is vastly different from the way you approach them. If you think you can always leave. And I, I wrote a lot about um, Barry Schwartz wrote this great book called the paradox of choice. And he had some great references to this idea. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't about marriage, but he, you can use it for marriage. And he did mention that several times is that the very option of being allowed to change your mind fosters the idea that you can change your mind. (laughs) (laughs) But when you think you're stuck, there's a psychological process that actually goes on in your head where you handle the whole process of the decision-making and how to extricate yourself from that conflict differently if you assume you can never leave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's and it's you know, I have a client who's struggling with her marriage, you know, but the first the baseline where she starts at is nobody is going anywhere. We are not yeah. going anywhere. We're gonna work this out. So they're looking for help with my help, you know, my support, and the, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But the, the baseline is no one's going anywhere. They have two children, mm-hmm. they're young boys, two young boys, and that's you know. And for me, that's fantastically easy because exactly that thinking, that mindset, opens all the options. Opens Open, all the options. As opposed to um, you see, you know, in a culture where we're all self-centered so much, it's all about I. Right? Forget the children. Forget my husband. Forget what's going to do the rest of our lives. I am not happy. Mm-hmm. So I, right, mm-hmm. when, when you actually have children in my world, it's maybe narrow-minded or radical, but it's not about you anymore. That's right. <laughs> it's not about you anymore. It's, not about it's about, you about everything that you have to do. You brought these children here. It's not about you anymore. So I is out the window mm-hmm. to, to a point, obviously, right? It's not about being tortured or <laughs> miserable. But, you know, most People get divorced to me or not being tortured, you know, and the misery could be self-inflicted. Oh, absolutely. By this I syndrome. That's all. And of course, prior to, and actually that's, that gets to number four. So you're ahead of me there. We're not, we're not today. Hold on to that thought. Um, But back before no fault divorce, or I'll call it unilateral divorce was a thing. And you had to show, you know, just cause why you'd want to get divorced prior to that time people did have absolutely had the mindset that marriage is for life. I mean, that's, that's not debatable. There's no, it's not a coincidence that, that marriages lasted with that mindset and that 
that divorce skyrocketed, which it did since the 1970s, since the idea that if you're not happy, you can leave took hold. And of course, it was never phrased in that way. It was a very slow sort of uh, drip, drip process over the years. Um, and of course, divorce is actually down right now, but that's not because people learned how to be, have learned how to be married. It's because they're not getting married. Right. They're either single or they're cohabiting. Yeah. So, so if you're not getting married in the first place, of course, there's less divorce. So that's nothing to, to uh, be excited about. But yeah, so, so it was a process. And um, as soon as it became inculcated into society where it's no longer questionable, of course, you should not be suffering in a marriage. You should that. No. And, and the idea of staying together for the sake of the kids. I mean, that, that's so, that's so countercultural. He used to be a given. Now, if you say that, the people who argue against that really honestly believe it's that they that that's bad for kids, you know, for you to be in a marriage right. for their sake. Whereas I want to say, well, actually, no, they're pretty good with that. Right. <laughs> you know, they don't care whether you're happy or not. That's the bottom line. Now, if you're beating on each other, that's different. And if you're screaming right. at each other, that's different. I'm not talking about that. But barring right. anything really destructive going on, they really don't care how in love you are with each other just doesn't work that way they just want you there well and you know the 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 repercussion they say a divorce you know people always think kids are resilient you know they'll just get over it right they're they're resilient they go a divorce to children is the same as throwing them in front of a moving bus you destroy their lives i love all of your analogies Uh, factual 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 you know like they never recover like so when daddy leaves the house the boys and the girls lose the boys lose instantly all their sense of well-being goes out the door with dad mm-hmm. their, their, their identity their role model and their um confidence mm-hmm. goes out with dad, goes out with daddy forever this of course is one of the reasons why um we cannot we cannot talk about the truth about what divorce is like because it's so prevalent right so I haven't told people this yet, but I'm going to have my husband as a guest <laughs> nice. next month. He is a child of divorce, product of divorce, and mm-hmm. can vouch for what you just said and tell mm-hmm. people exactly why and what that looks like in, in real time. I mean, that's what does your life really look like after those papers are signed? Nobody wants to talk about that because it's really ugly. It is. Yep. This destroys lives. This destroys, destroys the future. Mm-hmm. The girls don't recover either. They can't trust men. Mm-hmm. You left. Yeah. I mean, it's catastrophic. I mean, all the relationship yes. problems that, that we're dealing with today are are directly stem from, from, from divorce, among other things. But that's a biggie, maybe the biggest. Okay, so that's number one. Take the option to divorce off the table. Um, mm-hmm. So just get it out of your head, which, by the way, there isn't a there isn't a married person alive, in my opinion, who's been married for decades, who hasn't thought about divorce i mean but they don't think about it seriously necessarily you can think about it just as in a passing way without taking it seriously because you're human and it's normal and it's hard um to to you know be with the same person day in and day out and not um have thoughts of gee what would life be like without them the the trick is to catch yourself by realizing that okay it's okay to have that thought that doesn't make you there's nothing wrong with having the thought but make sure that you follow it up with, oh, it wouldn't be any better. 
What would that really look like? You know, um, the idea, and that gets into the green grass syndrome and the idea that there's something else out there for you that wouldn't look like what you're dealing with today. And I have news for you. It does not work that way. It just doesn't work that way. You're going to have the same, you'll have a new person with a new set of problems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's the same. You're not going to, it's going to be life as life is up and down and good and bad. And, you know, to change, change a partner still life. Exactly. There you, know? you go. There you go. Exactly. Okay. I mean, and if you, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if you haven't handled, you know, like the problems that you've had that caused the problem between the two, you're going to do it again for the next one. Exactly. So that's, exactly. that's what's ridiculous about splitting because you actually missed the lesson. Precisely. There you go. Bingo. Because you're going to take the yeah. problem with you into a new marriage. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else to say on that subject? Well, then you blame each other. You know, you then blame each other. Like, you know, it's his fault. It's her fault. Well, no, it's both of you. Duh. Duh. (laughs) Listen to Andre, everybody. Duh. That's about as (laughs) profound as it gets. Duh. And I totally agree. Okay. Number two, moving on. Yes. You ready for this one? Mm. Okay. Am I? Yeah. Lower your expectations. Mm. Now, I I have to say when I first when I first I, I had a book I wrote about about ten years ago, and I was I was I was working with an editor who didn't want me to say lower my expectations, but just to make them like I think I did say something different like make your expectations realistic or something <laughs> to that effect. And now I'm like lower your lower your damn expectations, okay? Because they are way Ugh. too high. They are way way too high. And of course, this is a problem that women have far more than men because their needs are off the charts and their wants are off the charts, whereas men are just very simple with their needs. So this is really an issue for women. It just is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to hear from people who say, well, I have it the other way around because obviously you can have it the other way around. It's just that more often than not, more often than not it's women. And it's a big mm-hmm. problem for the younger generation in particular because they were raised with this inflated sense of themselves and what they deserve and what they should have and perfection and all of the rest that you and I probably didn't grow up with. So it's a double whammy for them, but yeah, lower those expectations. So just to drive home the significance of these inflated expectations today, I'm going to play a clip Mm -hmm. for everybody um, from an Oprah. Uh, uh, Well, I don't know if it's Oprah or Steve Harvey, but they're both sitting there together. Okay, we have Linnell's wish list for men. We're going to scroll through it all, <laughs> and I'll try to read along. Here, we're going to scroll along. My ideal man is African-American, dark complexion, 6'2", athletic body, 230 pounds, average dark eyes, straight white teeth, all 32. <laughs> God-fearing spiritual attends, millionaire, fine, millionaire, millionaire, generous, family-oriented as a family, sports spectator, not his friends, stand together, Dedicated to loving me, determined to make our love run, sincere and genuine, nice, honest, trustworthy, faithful, dependable, mature, understands, chivalry, sexually compatible, uh, can dance, are willing to learn various types of music, wants to be married, loves uh, something, faithful, can communicate well, goodness, or romantic, clean and tidy, well-dressed, nice shoes, wants children, at least two, spontaneous, healthy, likes to cook. And what is the last Drug one? Free. Drug free, drinks alcohol occasionally or not at all. Yeah, yeah that would be the Lord. <laughs> wow. 
Oh my gosh! When I saw that, I laughed. I said, "Of course, it it does seem extreme, in that you think, oh no, everybody wouldn't say that." And of course, when you put it out on paper and look at the list, and people can't see it, but you can actually see that on um, like they they wrote out yeah each each one, and it was pretty. And you should have seen the face of Steve Harvey. His mouth just kept dropping. It was really funny. But it really isn't that far removed from reality. It just, even if people don't, even if women in particular don't say that in their heads in particular, they do want and they do look for maybe not that entire list, but maybe half the list. (laughs) Too big of a list. Let's put it that way. So those, having those expectations, obviously, I mean, there's simply no way to succeed. There's no, you're never going to find it. Bottom line is, and you're never going to be happy for whoever you do find. Do you know what I, the way I say it? Because it's very, very popular. Like if you go into the world of personal development, right, in relationships, right, the, every program that I know of, I'm sure not every, but it's, they have women do what they call the the B list, like who he has to be list, right? Okay. <laughs> Which is what this woman was doing. Yeah. And in my in my world, you know, the B list is like how to be alone list. How to be what? Alone. Oh yeah, this, how to be alone? This is how to right. be alone? This no one can live up to that, that expectation. This is a unicorn this that you unicorn. invented that has all the qualities plus tall and rich and funny and dark with a six pack. What the hell? What the hell? Right? No. And then and you know, and this unicorn, by the way, if there's one, because there might be one, has to like you back. So hello, I say throw your list away because you're gonna be alone. List is what that's gonna do. So go out and channel real man. I had a um, a relationship coaching session once with an unmarried 30-something woman. And this is this is a true story. Whose friends told her to drop any guy she dates who has the slightest annoying habit. Because I said, well, after I like picked up my mouth was dropping, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, so I said, what was the reasoning? And she said, because his habits will become even more impossible to live with. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, okay. First of all, there isn't a person alive who doesn't have an annoying habit, women included. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's that. There's that. I don't think men have the, you know, lock on bad habits, although given how much we like to joke about it, maybe we would think <laughs> that that's true, but... Um, there's plenty of things that women do that a man would consider, you know, Oh we just aren't allowed to talk about them. So it has this assumption or you have this idea that men, um, are the ones with the bad habits because God forbid you say anything about a woman. I know. So again, you know, reality, uh, no, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Who the hell doesn't have a bad habit? I mean, how's (laughs) that even? The funny thing for me in my world, you know, when you dismantle this ridiculous, like, narrow-minded thinking mm-hmm. right of mm-hmm. perfection and you know it's it's actually the thing about people that is a little bit off that it become the that become the most interesting about them <laughs> do you know what oh, i mean oh yeah 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 that, you know that's, what I mean? that's like, interesting that's my man look at him go yeah, that's what he does he likes to mow the lawn his yeah. shorts you know yeah. that's my man he's a bad, like oh whatever like the the like it's the thing about the person the corks that actually become the thing about them that you like the most but you have to give them a chance to like get to know the person beyond all the stuff, right? It's like it's not the, the it's exact opposite of where they're trying to teach or where they think it's right. It's opposite. Well, and then you think about the way that would play out in an actual day to day, 
marriage and a, and a, just dealing with anything, if your mindset is that you're annoyed um, by these things, you're going to, th- you're, you've set up sort of your head to think negatively about yep. the person um, so that you're not, you know, one of the things you want to do, of course, is to flip that and, and think complete opposite positive thoughts in order for your relationship to flourish. The more you, you're mired in negative thoughts about the person, what's wrong with him or her, which again, I'm going back to women because they're the ones who typically do this. Men just, yeah. men are just a different animal. They don't think about the, all the bad things about their wives and men marinate in what they don't like about them as a, it just, it's just not correct. I mean, tell me Andre, since you're the man, so yes. in case people don't believe me, would you please? The fact that you don't like to watch the game with me, it's fine. I, just, I get that. You don't like to watch the game. Like, I'm not making you wrong for that. Yeah. The fact that I like cars or the junkyard that you think is stupid, you know, or don't, it's, I, I get that. Like, you can't, why would you like everything I like? You know, like the stuff that, it took, so men have no problem seemingly, you know, understanding the stuff that, you know, he gets off on or he likes doesn't mean that she needs to or that, you know, and doesn't make him feel uncomfortable necessarily that she's not into what he's not into. And what anyway, version, but to women, women take that personally. Like, women take that personally. You should like what I like. You should be liking my friends. You should want to go to the store with me. You should, you should, you should, you should. And they take that on. Like, it's absolutely like I, the I, fact that he's not thinking the same is a problem. It's not a problem. No. Not for men, anyway. That's typically what happens. That's what you're saying. Yes, I absolutely have seen that. I actually have a couple I'm working with now who she wants him. That's exactly everything you just said. She wants him to do exactly what she wants. To, well, for example, rom coms. I said now I, this is one of my their um home their homework was that he didn't have to watch any more rom coms, <laughs> but he can't also <laughs> ask her to watch the war films. <laughs> but yeah, it I, never happens that way that women go to all the war films but it somehow happens that the men end up in the rom-coms why is that well same thing right because uh, and yeah. it's just based to me basically is like you know to woman she, she has to you know I, how you feel kind of runs your show all the time like mm-hmm. how you feel moment to moment is how you are this mm-hmm. is you know like the weather it will change whether it's his fault or not it's just how you feel is how you feel is how you there's nothing else going on that how you feel so if you feel bad and it's something he said or didn't say or did or didn't do then it's his fault so he has to change and i think that's where the mechanism kicks in like here's the source of the pain is the source of yeah. the disconnect right. i feel bad because he so then he's wrong you know where guys don't do this because we're not feeling base so we typically go oh well she didn't like that okay like it could separate myself from it yeah to so the feminine oh, is yeah, separate. such a big deal. The compartmentalization. I know that from personal experience because I'm really weird. I just I'm I'm very guy like in that respect. I can completely compartmentalize to the point where my daughter thinks there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I do it too easily, um, and I don't know why it is that way. But I certainly understand that most women aren't that way, and um, they'll hold on to things and um, take things personally. And I, I just don't identify with it, but I certainly see it. And um, yeah, it must be very hard for for this me. Things, this is how he gets stuck that way, right? Like, yeah. so if yeah. she's unhappy, he's gonna fix it, and but so he has to go to the chick flick. Yeah, but he can't ask yeah. her to go yeah. to the yeah. war movie because she'll be unhappy. And yes, yeah, he'll pay for this the rest of the evening and the rest of the week. <sighs> well, it's not worth it. So fold. Oh my goodness! See it? So okay. I, so moving on. So, so number one, take 
the option to divorce off the table. Number two, lower your expectations. Number three, get rid of the word me and replace it with we. And that goes back to what you were alluding to about the I, the I, the I. Now, this was interesting because I was listening to Dave Ramsey. I'm now into Dave Ramsey's podcast. And, you know, that's all for anybody who doesn't know. He's he's the money guy. He wrote um, Total Money Makeover. So he helps everybody with their with their money problems. But sometimes, of well, very often, if you're in a relationship or a marriage, this bleeds over into talking about their relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things he had said to this couple, the the guy, the husband was the one who called in, and he kept saying, I or me or he was separating the monies I think he had he didn't have any debt and he married a girl a woman (laughs) who had $70,000 in student loan debt and he kept saying like I want to I help her or how am I going to do this for her just separating the two and the very first thing he said was that your biggest problem right now is this is not her debt this is your debt. This is a group debt. This is a we. When you marry, all the money goes into a pot. And I really, Andre, I really am convinced that when it comes to millennials in particular, this is foreign to them because mm-hmm. they were so mired in this concept of independence and keeping everything separate. And they don't understand that when you get married, that's that that goes away. That's not how a marriage is supposed to be. All the money is in one pot. So you should be talking about all money matters as though it doesn't matter who's making it. It doesn't matter what the source of the income is, where it comes from, who made it, who didn't make it. It's the family money. It's the pot. Yep. Yep. And I think this, and it doesn't, I'm not just referring to money when I say get rid of the word me and replace it with we. I mean everything. Money is just the first thing that came to my mind because I think that's a big issue for young people today. It is. Well, money is the number one. Yeah. You know, you don't want people fight and break it all apart. So that's a big calibrated one. It's absolutely. And, you know, love is the second one, the misunderstanding that happened there. It's us. It's not me and you. It's us. That's actually, for me, it was interesting when I was younger. Uh, for my background and my family and my, you know, I didn't think I was going to get married. I didn't think I was going to have kids. I just could not see that work because I never saw it work. Do you know what I mean? It's just interesting. Are you laughing? I'm you laughing because that's exactly what my husband would say. That's his it's story. Just, so, yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, um and I remember I was the one who said over and over as a younger man, you know what I mean? Marriage is stupid. It's a piece of paper. You don't need that, right? Millennials say this like they breathe now because, you know, it is, right? Except the surprise for me, and it became a natural evolution in our relationship to, you know, to just be dating and to be, you know, to want to take the next step to make it seriously. And I didn't even know like it was really organically fluid, which surprised me because I was all just so against it. But the, my biggest surprise is after we had the ma- the wedding, I do and I do, it changed everything for me. And I think it changed everything for her as well. I'm t- speaking for myself is that before it was me and her, and it was me and her mm-hmm. doing what me and her do, and then it became us. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, it just changed everything, everything. about the about the future, yep. about how we live, yep. about yep. possibilities, yep. about what I wanted, about what I wanted for her, about like the first thing that happened, I had to change her car, who was not good enough. Yeah. She traveled a lot and mm-hmm. they were like, like us, it was us, us, mm-hmm. you know? And then when the children were born, God, they went through the roof in a whole oh, different way. Yes, absolutely. What a gift, what a gift. I did not experience that, you know? And then, I don't know if you can even explain that until you go through it, but it's unbelievable what it does for, you know, like 
accountability yeah. and take care uh, yeah. of your stuff and it's you know huge. like planning it's, your future yes. and like it just changes everything and everything it becomes worth doing for that for the unit right for the, the unit because you're committed to us forever i mean if somebody were to ask me today you know how did you stay married for 22 years let's put it that way um that would be probably the number one thing i would say is every single decision we've made every everything has been about the family everything the unit there's no such thing as his account and my account um which by the way i don't mean you can't have separate accounts if that makes it easier to do the billing or do the budgeting or whatever but that it has to be they're all joint accounts and everybody knows what's going on in each one i guess is what i'm trying Mm -hmm. to say it's just a group process so there would never i mean there's never been anything that he would purchase or vice versa that the other one doesn't know if it's significant not i'm not talking about five dollar coffee of course, of course. Buy five dollar coffee. Thank you very much. But, um, uh, whatever, whatever the case may be, a lot of people, again, I keep going back to the younger set, millennials in particular, would take offense to that because the idea is that it's all about who earned it because everything's been about competition, right? right so, right. instead of it being a complementary relationship or a family unit, everybody's out for themselves. Let's put it that way. Everyone's out for themselves and they have to watch out for themselves. And so you're responsible for yourself and your money and your decisions. And God forbid you should ever give up that independence mindset and then put it onto a group or a joint uh, mindset. That's just taboo. They don't know. They just don't understand that that's part of the reason why they're having a trouble um, with their relationships. Absolutely. They, they lost, they don't, the, the idea of partnership doesn't exist. Yeah. Which is ironic because that's supposedly what equality is supposed to be all about <laughs> is being a partner. You know, you right. don't have husband and wives anymore. You have what's your partner's partner. name or your partner. Right. Well, when you say partner, I don't know if you're talking about a lesbian and gay person or whether you're talking about mm-hmm. a mar- There's a reason why we have these labels. I need the labels, please. <laughs> right. But even like the idea of partnership, partnership means two dancing together right. in some communion in, the, in going the similar direction, hopefully, so it lasts. Partnership means not me, not you, yeah. us. Yeah. Partnership, right? Yeah. How do we do this together? And again, the millennials' idea of not being able to partner or see things long-term or see things possible long-term from this culture of everybody's being divorced and they don't see relationship being helpful, lasting, healthy. So they bang together for a little bit Staying independent, not being vulnerable, never get down deep into what it really takes to connect, bond with somebody on a deeper, profound level. They don't do it. And so they go from one to the next to the next, and they think, yep. they think they're better than the rest. Yeah. They and do. They're, they're they not. really do. I mean, I. Okay, so this gets into number four, but we're just. Okay. It, this um, segues really well into that. So the last one, which is the biggest one, in my opinion, is to dump the concept of equality please dump the concept of equality if you really want to divorce proof your marriage and you asked me what is the single greatest thing you could possibly do that's what i would say dump it it's screwing you up in ways that you you don't even realize how bad it's screwing you up because you've been so brainwashed into thinking in a way that is actually counterproductive to making your relationship last. Amen. I mean, 
that's of course i mean people who keep up with this podcast know that this we we cover topics related to equality you know pretty much every time i mean that's that's why we do what we do it's it's about replacing the idea of equality with understanding male and female nature and how it is intended to work um in conjunction with one another and if you and if you pitch that and you try to go against nature you are going to screw it up i I mean i cannot say it any stronger you're you're gonna you're gonna fail you're going to fail. Yeah, you're gonna fa- It'll last fail. for a little while. It'll, you know, float. Like remember yeah, at one point yeah, you yeah, said yeah. give it about 10 years and that's about yeah, right. Well, because even yeah. the married couples that I hear from, they've been married just about, I say between five and 10 years, closer yeah. to 10 before it has really hit the fan. Yeah. It's 10 years. We have this cycle. We know this is research and data on this in the name of equality, the name of, you know, she leads and he follows in the way, in the name of this new way. Mm-hmm. That it mis empowers women and this you know, this new way, this better way, this new whatever. Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. And it falls apart. So, and then they go and do it again with somebody else because they haven't learned it. Which is another you know, so people have three, four different long term relationships that all fail. And kids are watching this. Kids are watching this. And the reason why it takes, by the way, that amount of time or often does is because it really is about the presence of children. Because once you have children, then you do automatically go into these very traditionally gendered roles automatically. So it's the presence of children that before you really see, if there were no children, you would actually think (laughs) men and women are equal. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, you could conceivably, you're still, you're still going to struggle if you, if you didn't have kids because you're coming at everything differently and you're going to see that eventually when you're married too. But it's stronger when the children come because there's something about having them that forces a woman to go into nesting mode and a man to go into protecting and providing mode. And yep. that's visceral. And once that starts, then if you believed it wasn't going to happen, you're going to constantly be fighting the other person because that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to, you know, uh, make every, every, for every meal I make, you're supposed to make one. Or, you know, I see these millennials are so happy because they're men, their husbands are in the kitchen all the time. Right. Well, I laughed so hard because here's a great story too. Um, I said something about, it was at a party, it was a family party. And I said something about having made, I made something for the party, you know, or just an appetizer or something. And, yeah. and Bill said something about it. And I, I don't know, I don't remember the details, but this, our niece who's a millennial turned to Bill and said, well, you know, you could have made it too, Bill. Well, I just stopped there and dad, and dad, this is, you get in the habit of calling your, your spouse, dad, some mom dead. and dad sometimes. Um, Bill, I just, I held my tongue because it was his family member. I thought, oh, my God, you poor millennial. You are so screwed if your automatic knee-jerk reaction to the fact that he didn't make the appetizer before you means that we don't have an equal marriage. Honey, sit down. Get on the stool. We got to talk. We got to talk. As if he's never in the kitchen, which, by the way, if he were never in the kitchen and we liked it that way and it worked, that would be fine. He happens to be in the kitchen a fair amount. But if he weren't, that's okay, too. That doesn't mean your marriage isn't equal if it's an agreement. Oh my gosh, it was hard to to keep still. <laughs> yeah, see, for for me, I, I don't even want that conversation with a mind like this. Like I'm just, I don't, I will walk away. I'll just let you sit there by yourself. Like I'm yeah. not, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to negotiate it. I want to explain it. You're so. I did find myself wanting to explain. I didn't, but I, I, yeah. 
it, it, it wasn't just, conducive to it, but I, oh my God. Well, it gets elevated, you know, you want to call them stupid and they think you're stupid <laughs> and clueless, you know, it goes nowhere. It's like talking about politics. So for me, I just smile and I go, okay, in my head, you're an idiot, you know, nothing. And go on and see how that turns out for you as I, you know, go kiss my wife or something. Like, I, know, you know, like, I know, I know. It's, I mean, oh. I'm seeing it all of the time because I actually do have a lot of nieces and nephews that are millennials and they are very, very, very proud um, of the way they're doing things. And who am I, you know, I, when it comes to, listen, if you haven't signed up for my coaching session, I keep my mouth shut, <laughs> especially yeah. if it's family. If you don't ask, yeah. I don't oh, speak. Yeah. But they probably know what I think. Um, it's just funny <laughs> to see to see how proud they are. And I'm like, okay, check back with me in oh, 15 it, years. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. It's proud, proud, self-righteous. Self-righteous. And, uh, oh. You don't know. You don't know. No clue. You don't. You know, Aunt Suzanne knows nothing. Yes. Like, she's just stuck in back there. <laughs> oh, absolutely they think that. I know. I absolutely know, I know. they do. It's very funny. She laughed. Yeah. And we'll talk later. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. All right. So anyway, so that that's that's a big one. That's obviously the biggest. So those are the four the four ways I and I'm certain I'm Oof. certain we could go on for another hour and list five more things, but yeah. we don't have time for that. So I'm just those are the biggest four. Take the option of divorce off the table, lower mm-hmm. your expectations. Get rid of the word me and replace it with we and dump the concept of equality. And if you do just those four things, and of course, that's not, okay, I'll just start that tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, you have to really focus in on that and read about that and learn about that. But yeah. um, I, I do believe that the divorce rate would, would plummet just with those four yeah. things. I, I'm totally with you. You know, it is, you know, it's not that hard. It takes it a little like... You it's know, not hard. It's just hard. Playing with. It's just, it's just, it's such a different way of thinking about it. That's the hard part. The actual implementation. No, you're right. Isn't, isn't. At um, all. But At we all. don't, but you and I don't have to get, get that mindset removed from us first. That's so it's easier for us. No. And okay. you know, look at what's on TV as the commercial we talked about earlier. If you start there with everything. Exactly. It's everything is backwards. So now we're, you know, they're running up the stream. Up the street. You know, fighting something that nature says, mm, okay, go ahead. <laughs> See how long it lasts. Yep. But uh, it's forcing and, and something ever, that. Don't, I, I wish there was a way to get the people that you and I are working with and that they're the ones who are coming 10 years later to us right, and say, right. how many times have you heard if someone had just told me this at the beginning? I, if you, I would be rich if I had... <laughs> A dime for every yeah. time somebody yeah, said that yeah. to me. Okay, not a what? dime, a dollar. Where, where were you 10 years ago? Where, yeah. where were you when, you know, like we started taking, coming apart? Yep. We went with the therapist and, you know, like. Got more politically <laughs> correct junk thrown down. Yeah, like, you know, I'm going to say something horrible here, but it's not. It's actually factual. It's not horrible. It's just like that if you have a female therapist, you know, she's trying to bend him down to mm-hmm. acquiesce to her. If you have a male therapist, She'll say he's taking your side. So, like marriage therapy, sometimes I'm not throwing everything away, no, I, but it's, it's, I, you know I, what I mean. It's often just like it gets it gets politicized, political, and the equality crap in the infused you know, into that. Um, yeah, field get, now you can't. I mean, there's if you were going to get a degree today in that as a young person, you're going to have to you're, you're going to have to spew forth all that feminist crap in order to get the degree. Right, in order to just pass, yeah. There are pass, yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, and it, 
and I've had clients that have said that to me. We've been to therapy. It's crap. It's it crap. crap. It's crap. It's crap. It's crap. It's crap. Fact, it's crap. And then they didn't help. They made it worse. They made it help. They made it worse. And then they find somebody like you or me who seemingly speaks plain talk nature or well, yes, nature. that and honesty and um, not anti-male, not anti-marriage and not pro-equality. That's very yeah. unusual. And it's funny that we're mentioning this about uh, a therapist because next, let's see, I think it'll be April and I'm doing a guest now once a month. Um, but I have um, a local gal coming in here who's been around for decades and she's the complete, she, she's, she embodies that needle in a haystack that we're talking about. Like if you want to well, find a needle, if you want to find a therapist who's not like what we're talking about, it's like yeah. a needle in a haystack and I've got yeah. one here locally and she's going to come in and um, it's oh, going nice. to, yeah, that'll be great. Um, cause no one, I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk with anybody who's politically correct. Bottom line, <laughs> anybody who comes in here has to be not PC before they come through the door. <laughs> That's what we do here. I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. You yeah. know, I get it. It's not, and again, it's not, you know, you don't have to, it's not brain surgery. It's not that complicated. You know, it's the example of what works everywhere around you. Yep. An example of everything that doesn't work everywhere around you. And, my clients, I'm suspecting your clients, are the ones who bought into the cultural Correct. paradigm. Correct. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, right? Yep. And bought into it because yep. everybody else does, and yep. that's the right thing to do. Yep. And they come to me because they're like, you know what? I've done all this. Nothing is working. If nothing is working, I'm miserable, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, apparently you have something else to say. So my girlfriend says she's talked to you. <laughs> exactly. Same. Same. And then here we are, right? Same. Like, so sort of bringing it back to what works. Not because we're self-righteous, because... We're really lining up with nature. physiology, yeah. nature, chemistry of that. You know, again, what, Dr. John Gray, Dr. John Gray, Martin Venus, yeah. in the past 10 years, done incredible stuff with chemistry to break down why we communicate differently, the reaction, the why, why, why we behave yeah. so differently through chemistry. So you could take gender out of the solution completely as far as like, you know, like a construct and being raised a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's chemistry first. Absolutely. Anyway, I just go on. Absolutely. Just no, that's all right. Just so folks know, next week I'm having Rolo Tomasi on. He's the guest for what month are we in here? February. He's my guest. So that'll be next week. So Andre won't be back till a week. Two weeks. No. Two weeks. Later. All right. So yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll miss uh, you. It'll be a little bit. Uh, oh, I'll miss you too. <laughs> Who am I going to go off with? I don't know. Somebody. Right. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, Andre. Until next time. You're the best. Of course. Talk to you soon. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to tune in next week when I talk with Rolo Tomasi, author of The Rational Mail. And if you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a question or comment for me, go to Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Bye.